1: Welcome back to the FCS Football Podcast, presented to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Sean Anderson. We are continuing with our final NFL Draft Spotlight today. We are hearing from Cam Gill, who was a participant in the East-West Shrine Game, was our only guy that did not go to the NFL Combine, was a bit of a surprise non-invite, but we're going to get to hear from him. But before we you know dive into that, there's you know the obvious. Uh, um, you yeah, know, touching base with things. So I, I recently got a haircut despite Sean uh, berating me on Twitter about my my thoughts on on what my, here, can my you hair my hair was going to be of it right now. You, I sent you a video. Oh. You, you saw what my hair looked like in the video that I sent you earlier when me doing my vertical. Here. Let me double yeah, check. Pull it up. Did you text it, up. it to me?
2: Yeah, you I did, texted right? it to you. Yes. All right, let's see this. Oh. volume. so
1: if anyone's seen, you know, knows who, what I look mm. like, I I had the lettuce going. Was not coming in the way I wanted it to. It was not lettuce. It was like coleslaw. I chopped it off. You said it was like coleslaw?
2: Yeah, worse than lettuce.
1: (laughs) You don't like coleslaw? No. What the hell's wrong with you?
2: I can put up with coleslaw if it's on like a pulled uh, pulled pork sandwich, but other than that, I'm not a fan of coleslaw. Okay, here's a shot. Yes. Let's see here. Um, Okay. Haircut overall?
1: Pretty good. One of your better haircuts, honestly. Thank you. I showed, it, it, I showed my barber the picture of Joe Burrow. Uh, he couldn't exactly do it because of the part that I had in my hair. And the size of your head. And the size of my melon. Yeah. But, I mean, I would argue I look better than Joe Burrow, but that's just me. I see one little
2: nick in the back where it's a hair uneven but that's just me being nitpicky let's see the side angle thank thank you side profile and barber
1: sean anderson
2: you got a little bit of calvin from calvin the hobbs spike happening in the back but maybe it's just because you're working out yeah no
1: that was okay uh, front i got a full front here um if you gave me a scale out of 10 if you were if you were breaking out my hair as a talent evaluator itself
2: it's a good fade it looks uh it looks new which is always good when you get a haircut. You don't want to get a haircut and then have nobody notice that you got a haircut, right? <laughs> yeah, That's just no. the worst. So it looks like you got a haircut. Uh, it looks like it's holding well, which is good, and you're in the middle of your workout, which is a positive that it's holding yeah, it's still not then. flapping uh, it's, in my face like it yeah, was before. Yeah, it's not dripping all over your face. I think you got a good height on it. So mm-hmm. I'll see, um, we'll see. We'll have to see how this develops. Honestly, uh, if I were to give it a grade A through F, I'd give it a in the haircut itself. I'd give it an A minus.
1: Oh, that, that was very generous of you. I'll
2: give you. It's like a, well, a what do you mean a by A minus?
1: What do you mean by haircut itself? Are you saying that because I, it's on my head, it yeah, would probably yeah. get a lower well, grade? Well, I'm just
2: saying the haircut itself is a very good haircut.
1: Okay, all right. Well, I'll I'll take that. That's a, a very rare compliment from Mr. Sean Anderson. Speaking of compliments, though, are Guy that we're hearing from today certainly gets a lot of them from scouts. That is, like I said, Cam Gill from Wagner. Outside linebacker, pass rusher, can do a number of different things and has a lot of positional versatility. Like I said, though, he was invited to the East-West Shrine game, had a pretty good week there, was originally invited to the NFL PA Bowl, which he does address and answer in the, uh, the interview and he talks about it, and I recorded and spoke to him before he received that East-West Shrine game invite, but that just shows how highly scouts really regard him. I was frankly pretty surprised he didn't get that invite to the Combine, but still, he's going to find himself on NFL roster as an undrafted free agent very, very likely. So we're going to hear from Gil now. FCS football players don't always get the same respect as prospects coming from the SEC and the Big 12. But as we know, the FCS is still a goldmine for hidden talent. Players like Carson Wentz and Darius Leonard had immediate impacts their first years in the league. This year in 2020, who will be the next FCS stud to turn into an NFL star? This is the FCS Draft Spotlight, part of the Believe in FCS Football podcast with Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. You'd expect for a player at the Division I level to have a handful of teams begging him to come play for their program. Especially if that player becomes one of the best at their position. Well, Wagner's Cam Gill, who was a nightmare for opposing quarterbacks, only had one offer coming out of high school. The outside linebacker wasn't courted as much as other players were, but none of that matters now considering the incredible career he had.
0: Well, coming out of high school, Wagner was my only Division I offer, so it was always a goal for mine to play Division I football. I think I was under-recruited saying that I was pretty much a late bloomer. I mean, at, like in high school, my team wasn't a powerhouse football team. I mean, we didn't win a lot of games. I was just a late bloomer. And then I made the transition from offense to defense in the middle of my junior year. I really didn't have that stellar junior season that really gets you Recruited in college, and I didn't blow him until my senior year, so I would think it was a little bit too late by then.
1: At a young age, Gil knew quickly he wanted to reach the NFL. Thanks to one of his coaches, he also knew if he worked hard, he could make it there.
0: That's been a goal of mine since I was about eight years old. I started playing football when I was seven, and then after about a year in, I knew I wanted to play on a professional level. I would say my freshman year of high school, I had a coach then. His name was Jeff Pastrick. He just instilled in me that every day, if you work hard, you know, one day you'll be a Division One football player, and then this game will take you as far as you want to, as far as I wanted it to go. By that time, like I said earlier, it was the NFL. You know, it's just been a dream of mine. So, ever since then, I just put in all the hard work, and hopefully, I'll make it to that next level.
1: Gil's desire to succeed motivates him, but so does his mother, who has supported him every step of the way even doing whatever she can to see her son play?
0: Uh, my major motivation is just chase my goals and you know, just uh, chase my dream. I mean, my motivation, I would say, is my mother. You know, my mother is a big this in my life. You know, I just want to take care of her. And, you know, my mom has worked so hard for me and my brother. So if I could use this game to one day, you know, take care of her for her life and, you know, repay her back, you know, that'll be a blessing. My mom's made every home game, in my college career, she's made, I would say, about a couple away games, about two or three in, in high school, middle school, she, even literally pot warning, she hasn't missed a game.
1: As soon as Gill stepped on campus, he was ready to step in and play. It's not often that players can contribute as true freshmen. Gil was able to do exactly that and culminated his career with 60 tackles, 20 tackles for loss, and nine and a half sacks in 2019. Those impressive numbers don't even fully reflect the motor Gill has and the intensity he plays Get with. Brown out of the gun. Pressured and sacked by Cam Gill.
0: I'll say I'm relentless. For all four quarters, I'm going to give everything I got, you know, for my brothers and the guys that's next to me. I just wreak havoc, you know. I play on the other side of the line of scrimmage, try to rack up as many tackles for loss and sacks that I can, you know, putting pressure on the quarterback. This since coming in, you know, like my hunger, I mean... Most guys come in, you know, they understand that they have a rest year year, but I just wanted to con- contribute to the team as soon as possible, and I was just hungry to get onto the field. And I mean, that's that that mentality. I would say, like my hungerness, it just translates to the field and some of my success. You know, I'm never satisfied. I'm always hungry. I'm always motivated for more.
1: His approach to the game comes from a player he looks up to that has been causing problems for quarterbacks for a long time in the league.
0: Jeff Vaughn Miller. He's the best in, in the game doing it right now. So he's someone that I try to study as much film on and every time I get the chance to watch him, you know, I'm always trying to watch him and you know, pick up on his moves and stuff.
1: To put Gill's athleticism and ability to pick up things quickly into perspective, this past year he was able to teach himself how to juggle in a very short amount of time.
0: I'll say my senior year I taught myself how to juggle in two days or no. And, and and one day, yeah, I was in an economics class, and my professor knew how to. So for the rest of the class, while he was going on about his lecture, you know, he passed me the three tennis balls, and throughout the day, I just, you know, kept kept on juggling, just kept on practicing. And by the end of the other day, I came back to him and showed him like master this in like two hours.
1: <laughs> All star games are key for small school prospects to make names for themselves. With a good week, you can gain momentum for the rest of the pre-draft process. Gil is looking forward to commanding respect at the NFL PA Bowl.
0: I was very excited, I would say. I mean, that's something that I've wanted to do since my sophomore year here at Wadden College. I know the games could assist you in, you know, your draft process because... The NFL paid me in one of the major three games, you know, it would just be an opportunity for me to, sh- to showcase my skills and my talents, so I was excited when I got the moves.
1: Gill was a huge defensive threat in the NEC his whole career. His time as an FCS player is done, but now he is presented with the rare opportunity to earn a roster spot in the NFL. Amazing interview from Gil, another guy that is just so fun to hear from and not super highly recruited, had an interesting background. I think the funnest part about hearing from Gil is him talking about how he taught himself how to juggle in such a short period of time and his story about how it was really just having a conversation with his professor and saying, all right, I'm going to teach myself how to do this. That is, takes some extra level of discipline and coachability to, to learn how to do something that quickly, right? Yeah, in a lot of
2: interviews, we just hear coach talk and player talk, but then eventually you get a little break in, in in all of these guys. And Gil's ability to teach himself to juggle in such a short amount of time tells me how good of a body control that he has. It tells me that when his brain is telling his hands to do something, that they respond exactly how they need to respond. And it might seem trivial, you know, juggling. It's You've never met a juggler that you really are like, wow, this guy's a, uh, he's got it all together. And I'm not calling Gil a juggler, but it's a talent to have that is reflective of his ability to use his body properly, if that makes sense.
1: No, it does make sense, and I think that it's, it's underrated. You, you wouldn't even think about it in, in the sense that we're looking at it as, a, an, as an advantage because originally the perspective is like, that's so cool. That's fun. And I said that to him like, dude, dude, that's awesome that you taught yourself how to do that. That's actually a really cool little fact you gave us. And the thing I was asking a lot of these guys was to finish up the interviews was what's something fun about you that you want people to know? And some of the answers were decent and they gave some cool little tidbits, but I have to Go out on a limb and saying that Cam Gill's tidbit about teaching himself how to juggle has to be the best one out of the group. Besides the the Kyle Murphy uh, skiing conver- or snowboarding conversation that that he revealed that he used to do that but can't anymore because of his foot size. But I do agree that that it has an underlying advantage to it that it's there's coachability. Also, the hand eye coordination just to pick up things that quickly uh, is a huge strength. But speaking of strengths, though. Sean, what are some of the things that really stood out to you when you, you saw his tape?
2: Yeah, um, the first thing that I really saw was it's a trait that not everybody has, but if you're going on to the next level, it's a trait that's really good to have, which is being heavy boned. And if you don't know what that is, it means when you hit somebody or you make contact with them, you're making a real impact. You can see... Like almost a, a ripple of force. You can see the, it's like a, a battering ram hitting a door. It, wow. It's just that weird heavy bonedness where if you're going and you're it, like watching the Yukon tape, he's going off uh, against a guy that's going to get drafted, uh, the right tackle for Yukon. He's like Matt six Pert, foot, Yeah, Matt Pert. Six foot 10. I mean, he's a huge, huge guy. And I think if Gil used his hands more, he would have eaten him up. But if he's lowering his shoulder or making three-point contact, Pert is taking it in the chest every time. And I'm like, how is this guy holding up? So, Well, it's because he's an NFL-caliber guy. Yeah. So it's just when Gil gets to the next level, he's going to learn so much more. But he already has an asset that a lot of people don't have. Like Ray Lewis, heavy-boned. Other linebackers aren't. I wouldn't say, like... I wouldn't say, um, who is it, like, Kiko Alonso is heavy boned. Like, he'll hit you hard, but it's not like an impact, like you're hitting a wall. Whereas, Gil, when he gets moving and he makes contact, you see that force. You can almost feel it through the screen. It's it's a weird thing to pick up. Like, Jameer Johnson, heavy boned. And you don't know who Jameer Johnson is, uh, then I, I guess that's a poor example, but just for he's no offensive starting
1: yeah. offensive lineman for the University of Tennessee, who previously was at the University of Rhode Island. And right now he's he's dominating. He's doing very, very well there. But I understand what, what you're kind of going for. It just means that his his body structure means that even though he may not be super big, he's 6'3, 240, that's pretty good size, but a, a little good. bit underweight, I would say, for a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. But to have that impact and that force. And also the kind of uh, reckless abandonment to unleash your power is a, is a huge, huge positive trait. Um, and I think the other thing, too, when you watch him is just you can really see that NFL upfield burst. He's so quick off the line. And I really want to know uh, what his 40 time is going to be and his 10-yard split. Because those numbers should be very, very good for his size. Upfield quick, explosiveness will hit tackles hard. If you watch his tape against Central Connecticut State, one of the first plays in there, he completely flies past an offensive tackle. Like, I don't know how that guy had any chance of picking up and even mirroring him. It looked like he was still in a stance as Gill was three yards upfield before he could even react. And he knocks the ball out of Central Connecticut State's uh, quarterback's arms and. Uh, forces a fumble so that kind of stuff and that burst is a huge huge positive for him and I think that makes him a a really good developmental prospect that is going to be a late rounder or an undrafted free agent
2: I agree I mean he's just a really good athlete he's got good body control and one thing I do like is that he keeps contained really well even when he was right in the middle of pert and he is getting what looks like swallowed up he's maintaining Contain. He's keeping it. He pushes the running back inside, and it looks like he's got no chance to. But he's just driving up the field and making running backs make that decision. It's a it's a really small thing, and non a lot of analysts might not pick that up. I'm sure guys that have picked up uh, played at least at the college level will. But if you're just a casual fan, you're not looking at it like you're looking at like oh man, he just got blocked. Well, no, he just made a really good play after the tackle made it, it. Excellent block on him, and he was able to keep the running back inside. He does that all the time. And those are the little things that stand out.
1: Certainly, and I think fans might not really understand what determines success as a pass rusher. Like if you think about Jadavian Clowney this past year he only had three or something sacks, and people are saying, like, oh, why would you offer him 20 million dollars? He he only had three sacks. It's not really good production for a pass rusher. But if you're still generating pressure and causing problems for opposing offenses, if you're driving guys back, you're maintaining contain, all the things that you just said, that is a very good asset to have on your on the edge of your defensive line. If you have a guy that can do that and can do it explosively, despite being 70 pounds lighter than your average offensive tackle, that is very, very huge. You don't need to pick up a sack every single play to have an impact you just need to cause disruption, force your offensive tackle out of position, and something as simple as putting a guy in the wrong spot along the offensive line, and you could probably agree with this as be, as being an offensive lineman, that's enough to to disrupt pass protection and, and cause a, a quarterback to, to fluster. 100%. 100%.
2: And what, when you brought up Clowney, I immediately thought of the Seattle Seahawks and how they would use him, and I was like, I, I got really... Excited! I thought, wow, <laughs> if he goes to Seattle, this guy's going to make an impact. It Seahawks was just the Seahawk. first thing that came to my head.
1: He would be a perfect fit. That's actually a really good point you bring up here because they're not always a team that, that needs guys to be massive production players. You know Frank right. Clark didn't have crazy production, but he was so good at, at at having a strong pass rush win rate and and generating those pressures. So Sean, you have a bit of an interesting comp here and I'm agreeing with you on this one. I didn't even bother to come up with my own because as soon as you gave me your reasoning and your rationale, I agreed with it. But it's a little bit uh it's it's odd because it's not the same exact position that Gill plays.
2: No, it's not, but I think Gill will end up playing this position in the NFL. Um I chose Dante Hightower as my comparison for Cam Gill uh because of just the s- striking similarities that I see between the two on tape. Uh the way that Dante Hightower moves on on the field it's really reflective of how Gill moves. I mean, he is Hightower makes 3 point contact all the time. Hightower just disrupts plays and wreaks havoc even if he's dropping back or even if he's just standing at the line. He's blowing somebody up and he is just making off- the offense's life hell. And I think that's something that Cam Gill can do. Hightower, heavy boned. Gill, heavy boned. It's just, it's the it's the thing, the, the player that just came right to me. I, I was watching Gill. I'm like, this looks like Dante Hightower. Looks smack like him, just the way that they move and the way that they attack.
1: So you think Gill is going to be a bit of a, you know, an off-ball outside linebacker, that's really where you see him projecting rather than a, a pure pass rusher? I do. That's just that's just me. I mean, it makes sense. It's typically what happens when you have a little bit smaller of a pass rusher coming from a smaller school and if we're being honest, your Wagner is obviously one of the smallest FCS programs. They've not really generated a ton of NFL talent. They do have guys come out every single year, but He does really fit that mold of a smaller school guy that dominates as an edge rusher, but has those athletic traits that he can play off ball as an outside linebacker and then also still rush in a stand-up position if you need him to. Right. All right, that's going to be it for us here from the FCS Football Podcast. We're going to be coming at you next week. We have a great interview that is not a NFL draft spotlight, but rather a former... FCS player. You'll get to hear from him. We'll tease that a little bit coming up next week, but thank you for tuning in for this week's one show. Be sure to follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon and at Sean. Oh, wait, no Sanderson radio. There There we go. go. And also follow believe podcasts on Twitter and Instagram at BLEAV podcasts. Also check out their website. Believe.com spelled b l e a v com to check out our show where you can find and listen to it as well as the huge library and inventory of shows that they have if you still are struggling to find us you can find us on apple Podcasts, google play stitcher iheart radio spotify you name it also art 19 you can find us in any of the number of belief shows out there stick around for next week will where we will be giving you more interviews this time from an nfl player who comes from an fcs program
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
1: This is the story of the wad. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine,